0: and I just kind of sacked and I could feel tears stinging in my eye. And honestly, I just felt like a massive failure in that moment. I had loads more messages to send that day, like six immediate ones, I think, and then just endless messages, including an email to every customer I was working with, which was not only my entire source of income, but like just importantly, the team's source of income too. And I was saying like, I am terminating your time working for me. We're no longer operating in the current way. And I had to tell my coaches still that they no longer had any work for me, that I wasn't providing them with an income. And these are people that I still consider good friends. And they're people who had given so much to the business. to my business and it just felt like such a moment where i'd let them down every couple of weeks or so i put together a free mindset training video that's around 10 minutes long showing you the exact methodologies on how you can train and improve your mindset for maximal growth i changed these every fortnight or so and have previously included things like mental toughness and discipline training how to apply stoicism to achieve your greatest goals and how to use cold exposure and a whole bunch more besides all you have to do to find this and make sure you don't miss out on the new ones is head to my Instagram, Tom Foxley F O X L E Y, and click the link in my bio, and you'll find it right there. This all starts with probably the hardest decision that I've ever made in my life. I remember pressing send on the first email out of like six or seven that I had to send, and I immediately felt sick. You know that feeling, like. Just in the pit of your stomach when it just drops, um the fear and the physiological response to the decision I just made just blew me away like it just took all the vitality from me, and I just kind of sacked, and I could feel tears stinging my eye, and honestly, I just felt like a massive failure in that moment. I had loads more messages to send that day, like six immediate ones, I think, and then just endless messages, including an email to every customer I was working with, which was not only my entire source of income, but like just importantly, the team's source of income too. And I was saying, like, I am terminating your time working for me. We're no longer operating in the current way. And I had to tell my coaches still that they no longer had any work for me, that I wasn't providing them with an income. And these are people that I still consider good friends. And they're people who had given so much to the business, um, to my business. And it just felt like such a moment where I'd let them down. By far, the hardest decision that I've ever made in my business life, probably in my entire life, actually. And... It was also the best, but from this, I've come against or come across some huge lessons, both in the moment and reflecting on it, that I'd like to share with you right now. The first one is this idea of investigating the pain. Like, if you ask me deep down, like if you really ask me, I suppose if you gave me a few drinks or if you kind of really got to know me, and asked me like, what I was actually feeling about the business, I would say that. It was stuck, and I'd been feeling this like baseline level of disappointment for years. But I'd constantly push it down. I'd like kind of pick at the wound every three months or so and make it uncomfortable. And I'd realize, like, oh shit, man, I'm like, I'm actually not really enjoying this, and it's not getting where I want it to. And it's a kind of constant source of it's fine, but it could be so much better. And because it's just fine, it means there's stress associated with that with for everyone involved like I couldn't provide the best service that I wanted to I couldn't create the freedom that I wanted personally but I also couldn't create the product that I wanted to and the service that I wanted to and then the lifestyle of my coaches too and one of my core values is this idea of excellence and not pursuing mediocrity and just mediocrity was abundant everything I was doing and I kind of hid from it so I'd go through this process where I kind of uncovered it every three months, every quarter or so, and then I'd just stuff it away. And then three months would go past and I'd go and go, oh yeah, it's fine. And then I'd stuff it away. But I couldn't actually stomach the fact that I would look back at some point in my life and think, like, I wasted that opportunity. And I couldn't also at the same time imagine looking back at, um, imagine like, actually. Actually, the thing that I couldn't imagine doing was looking forward and saying goodbye to all the stability that I had in my life at that time. Like That thought just absolutely terrified me that this pain was constantly under the surface. And there's this constant source of dissatisfaction with my life. And it ebbed into actually everything that I did. And the first truth I learned from this is like the pain and the clues were there earlier. We just need to investigate that because... We've got to turn our we've got to turn our attention to it and get to know it and ask yourself truly like what does this mean because if you don't get to know this pain what's going to happen is it's going to build and build and build and it's going to fester like a wound that you don't treat so we need to uncover the pain we need to grow and the thing is like the pain is just a sign that you have to sacrifice a version of yourself that's really what it is it's a sign that you're not good enough as you are right now and growth demands sacrifice and the longer you put it off the greater that sacrifice becomes and the more painful it's going to be because you're more attached to that part of you so you have to learn to sacrifice the undeveloped part of your psyche and it's a painful process you just like rip it to shreds and and watch it burn So that's the first thing, you need to investigate this pain and then make the appropriate sacrifice from it. Like The sacrifice metaphor is littered throughout mythology and religion and philosophy. We have to learn to sacrifice part of ourselves if we're ever going to grow. Just a quick favor to ask, my friends, if you could head to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a very kind review, that will not only help my ego virtually explode, but it will help people just like you find the podcast too and hopefully help them to their next level the second thing the second truth i learned from this is we've got to take on as much responsibility as we can possibly bear and actually my stagnation and the business's stagnation and therefore the impact that had on everyone we're working with at the time that all came from selfishness but my personal liberation from that came from taking responsibility I don't think it's a coincidence that I made this decision around the same time as getting married. Like you think about what responsibilities, how like my responsibilities to my upcoming wife, my upcoming wife, and um, to the woman that was about to become my wife, they were kind of doubling down and becoming formalized. And I was thinking as such about the the family that we may have and the type of example that I would want to be as, as a father and what that would mean. And as Jordan Peterson said, we grow the most when we when we shoulder the heaviest burden. And what was happening is I was actually ne- neglecting any responsibility. I was only focusing on myself and just like what I wanted and how I wanted to feel in day to day life. But what I was like neglecting by doing that is I was neglecting my future, my wife's future. If we're lucky enough to have kids, their future and everyone that affects, but also all my clients that were working under the mindset umbrella at that point. And I was neglecting everyone that was in the team and all their connected people. So we needed this, like I, I needed to take on responsibility. And the moment I did that, I could see it clearly. It's like, Oh, it's my It's my ownership. Like Jocko Willink always talks about take ownership, extreme ownership. If I was going to take extreme ownership of the, of the situation, I could see that actually there was a lot of their problems in life, which were my problems to solve, and that I had the potential to solve. And that by taking responsibility and ownership of the situation, the choices available to me actually became clearer. So that's step two. Right? It's taking ownership because that realization, I tell you now, it was very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. But that revelation of truth, it change my future and everyone else's for the better. Now the third one. This is actually one of the big mistakes that I made in this process and in the months afterwards. Because obviously that wasn't just a, a one-day thing. That was when it peaked, but it actually lasted for months. The uncertainty around was around for months and the process of creating that change was around for months. I made so many mistakes in that process, but I can pinpoint almost the source of every one of them to a T down to being in a in a fight or flight in a sympathetic state and a sympathetic state is um, when we're in this fight or flight state when we are kind of immediate. it's basically your brain and your nervous system going i need to change something sharpish in my life that's what your body body is getting ready to do and that's going to influence your thoughts it's going to influence your decision making it's going to influence the way you communicate the whether you're thinking long term or short term and to make the appropriate decisions On average, especially then, I needed to come down a few notches to more kind of a baseline state. And what that looked like for me was instigating some quality tools. And I really missed out on the chance to do this. And if I was going to do this again, if I like, thankfully, I don't have to, or at the moment, I don't have to. But if I was going to do this process again, straight away, I would use my physiological tools I'm now aware of which would be sleep hygiene, massively cutting down my caffeine consumption. Um, I would be doing something to downregulate more frequently and also getting over the belief that I didn't deserve to take time for myself because in my mind, I'd done something that was a failure. And that was the big one. So I needed to spend more time downregulating because when we do that, the quality of our decision-making goes up. When you're well rested, you make better decisions. When you're well fed, you make better decisions. When you're hydrated and not over caffeinated, you make better decisions. So I would have implemented sleep hygiene. I would have cut my caffeine down. I'd have used breath work protocols. I'd have used cold exposure. I'd have really given myself that permission and the tools in order to down regulate. So become more parasympathetic, which just means get into the frame of mind where you feel I'm safe. I can take the decisions that will be best in my long-term interest. So that's the third piece. And then fourth, one of the best things I did and the thing that actually allowed me to make that decision was future casting my mind. And this is something that um, has become very popular recently. Alex or Mosey's talked about it a ton. However, it's, a, it's something that translates all the way back to the Stoics and their concept of premeditatio malorum, Okay, the premeditation of evil or uh, malady or something bad happening, essentially. When you do this... What the way that you do this is, you'll sit back and you'll imagine things unfolding as you don't want them to go. And what this does is inoculate you against the stress of things going badly or poorly, and so that when that actually do happen, you're less responsive to them. But also give you options for how to change that. And what I did in that exact moment was I viewed myself on my deathbed, hopefully many years from now, and I looked back at my life and I. And I thought, from that future perspective, how do I wish I acted right now? What decisions do I wish I'd make? And the realization I came to is that I was wasting my life by not making decisions now. And I was wasting everyone else's life. And it could lead to a place where I became so resentful and so full of regret as well that it influenced negatively my upcoming marriage and my relationship and potentially becoming a father and everything that's me was just important if not far more important than my business as a whole so by looking forward to your deathbed and thinking how would how would i wish i would have acted right now you can give yourself a huge huge advantage in making the best decisions now because I guarantee you can look back at previous parts of your life and think, man, I wish I'd acted differently. But you can use your imagination now. That's what makes human beings incredible. We can imagine future scenarios and how we'll act when we're in those. So that is a massive one. If you're making a decision now, and it's a tough one, think about how you will wish you would have acted in 20, 30 years from now.